Welcome to the Variety Hour, where local leaders talk Memphis. Listen to you, move your mouth. I bet you come from way down south. Now don't tell me, let me guess. You from the town that I love best. Talk Memphis, I wish you would. Talk Memphis, you sound so good. Talk Memphis, high on the bluff. I swear I can't get enough. Welcome to Talk Money. And now here's your host, Jim Shoemaker. And welcome to the program today. I'm Jim Shoemaker. Do you worry about things? My mom was a worrier. You know, she just seemed to get caught up in stuff and she worried about those things. And, you know, at that some point in time in my life, I caught myself worrying about stuff. What do you worry about? Just some things like, you know, do you worry about how much the election might impact the stock market? What about China and the Coronavirus. You worry about is it is the debt problem in China as big as the media says it is? When it comes to your money, do you worry about the Brexit in the UK? And is if stocks are always expensive as everybody says they are? Are you really thinking that they might fall off the edge of a cliff and you get into a big recession and you can't retire? Are your retirement's going? What do you worry about? All these questions I'm asking. Absolutely, we worry about. But we tend to worry about a lot of other things, too. We worry about all the above, but we also worry about our families, our health, our jobs, and the government. Today, we're going to talk with three experts about what you can do to fix some of these worries. Tremendous information from Rusty Leonard, President and CEO of Stewardship Partners, and Latrice McClinn and Scott Jordan from Shoemaker Financial. We're going to talk about what to do if you get yourself caught up in worrying about something that you probably need to just cut the television off and forget it. We're going to figure out some ways to fix it. You don't want to miss today's program. From our Did You Know files, I know you hear me talk about this often, but it's worth noting from the National Bureau of Economic Research as of February the 1st, 2020, that's this year, the United States is beginning its 128th consecutive month of an economic expansion, the longest in our nation's history, based on records that go back to 1854. The National Bureau of Statistics had a recent study, along with microtrends. They said that China had 14.6 million births in 2019, its smallest number of births since 1961. Now, the U.S. had 3.8 million births in 2018, its smallest number since 1986. But here's something you need to pay attention to. In 2019, the U.S. had a slight increase for the first time since that date of 1986. Michael Trend says that that birth rate is always considered a barometer of despair, and young people will not make plans to have babies unless they're optimistic about the future. And we had a slight increase in 2019. That's pretty good. Speaking of birth rates, here's a thought. The Center of Disease Control says if you are having a daughter or granddaughter born in 2020, And that newborn little girl lives an average female life expectancy of 81.2 years. She will live, you do the math, to 2101. (laughs) 
That's amazing when you think about 20. It's hard for me to start thinking 2101. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. To find today's program or podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Coming up, Rusty Leonard, Latrice McLean, and Scott Jordan. What keeps you up at night? What do you worry about when it comes to your money? How do you fix it? You're listening to The Voice, KWAM 990 and FM 107.9. I'm Jim Shoemaker, and this is Talk Money. Podcasts of Talk Money are available in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with more Talk Money after this. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McLean is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, you know, we worry about a lot of things. You know, it can be kids or your health or whatever, your your family, your job. I mean, there's all those things. And we worry about whether or not Brexit's going to create a problem, whether or not the stock market's going to fall off of a cliff. Well, my guest today is Rusty Leonard, CEO and founder of Stewardship Partners, and Scott Jordan and Latrice McLean. We're going to be talking about some of these issues that we're dealing with when it comes to worry. And I want to kind of lean in with Scott. Scott and Latrice, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the program. <laughs> it's good to be here, Jim. Great to be here. <laughs> I gentlemen, I like that. I like that, gentlemen. Well, lady and gentlemen, <laughs> yeah. that's pretty good, you know. Well, guys, the bottom line is so much of what we talk about, we talk about things that, that people, it's real. I mean, they're, the listeners right now are thinking, yep, I worry about that, I worry about that. But I want to lean in a little bit with this idea of the volatility in the stock market. Now, Latrice, help me with this because everybody gets caught up. We've had a lot of volatility recently. Mm-hmm. It can be the, for the coronavirus. We could talk about that. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But reality is, what is this volatility doing to the average person on the street? Well, I, I think it's different for different ages, Jim. So if you think about, um, of course, the baby boomer generation, they're more concerned about it because most of them are already in retirement. So they're worried about losing their money. And then you think about millennials. Uh, they're not as worried about that. Millennials, what they're doing with their money now is they're putting it more into like savings account. They're leaving it, putting it in the bank because they don't trust the volatility of the market. And that's that's I think I understand that. That's uh, reality is that that, you know, volatility is volatility. And I guess the thought process is that. You know, we, we need to understand the volatility. So let me ask Rusty Leonard, because I want to ask Rusty what he thinks was going on as far as the economy and why is there so much volatility? Rusty, Rusty Leonard, he is the founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners Investment Council. Rusty, welcome to the program. Thank you. Well, glad to be with you again. Let me let me ask you, Rusty. We're talking about the volatility in the market and the whole idea behind the economy and what you saw and the, a manufacturing recession. I heard that recently that that was going to cause an enormous problem. The media would like to hype that up and create a certain amount of fear. What are you seeing when it comes to this volatility that we've seen recently? And what's the economy doing? Well, let's start with the uh, the economy first. Uh, you're right about the manufacturing recession. There certainly has been one. That's kind of been a, a global phenomenon. Uh, now, in the U.S., fortunately, manufacturing is still a tiny, you know, not tiny, but a small part of the overall economy. And so while it's been in a recession, 
um, everything else has been doing reasonably well. And the consumer who's you know employed, fully employed at this point in time, uh, he's still spending money and you know helping the economy move along. But I must say, it hasn't. It's not moving along really rapidly. And the most recent uh, GDP report we had for the fourth quarter uh, showed that the economy grew 2.1 percent, but not really. If you look behind those numbers, the the growth, the consumer was starting to pull in its horns a little bit too, and so uh, that's a concern. Now, moving to, to the volatility, that's just uh, the stock market is uh, normally a little bit volatile, but you throw in a uh, you know something like the coronavirus, and uh, and you know that GDP report that, that's going to cause the market to bounce around a little bit and people to be a little concerned about um, their whether they should you know continue to hold as many uh, stocks as they have in the past, uh, particularly with the market near all-time highs. Well, let me let me ask the two other guests we have here, Latrice and and, uh, and Scott. Scott, what do you say when when you're when a person's listening to what you know Rusty's saying? What do you say to the person who's saying, okay, volatility is normal, but they worry about it? What do you tell them? They absolutely do, and I think it's just important in those situations. You know, first of all, we're investing from a strategy, we're investing for a purpose, and, and we plan for these kind of things. But I think you have to put Things like the coronavirus or whatever the panic of the day is, put those in perspective. You know, if you look back, let's let's look at similar outbreaks that have occurred. You know, you go back to 03 and 04, we had the SARS uh, scare, uh, bird flu epidemic in 05 and 06, 09, there was a new strain of the swine flu. Uh, we had an Ebola outbreak in 14, and then the uh, the, Zika vi- the Zika virus in 2016 and 17. So there's there's six epidemics over over the last 17 year period, and and during that time, you know, you go back to S and P 500 uh, on January 31st of 03 was at about 855, and then yesterday we closed at about 3297. So that's about a almost just shy of a four times growth during that period during all those six epidemics. So I think it's keeping that long-term perspective, you know, keeping things in the right order and having a strategy and planning for this volatility and knowing how you're going to act. I appreciate what you guys are saying. And, and Rusty, I think it's so important for us to understand that volatility, as you said, is just a natural part of the market. And, and that's important. What about the economy? What are you seeing for the, the current and the future economy? Uh Right now, the you know we're seeing slower growth. Uh, as I mentioned, the fourth quarter was slower, uh, and the and the the GDP number looked a little bit better than it really was. Uh, it was masking some some uh, the the growth. You could have argued the growth was closer to one and a half percent or so, uh, maybe even less than that. And uh, in the current quarter, of course, the coronavirus will affect uh, growth to some degree. Uh, so it's not going to be a complete non-starter. So uh, we're already seeing. Um, you know, some production cuts happening uh, in various places that uh, haven't really hit the U.S. in any great way yet. But like Disney announced, uh, they apparently closed their theme parks over in Hong Kong and Shanghai, and it's going to cost them you know, $175 million over the next uh, couple of quarters. So things of that nature will, um, you know, that, that'll affect growth on the margin. So most people are expecting growth to tick down just a bit because of the coronavirus. Uh, but, and there's really not anything else out there that's kind of stimulating uh, the economy right now. We don't have any tax cuts or anything like that going on to help stimulate it. Uh, we've got the Federal Reserve trying to um, help the banking industry, which is really just helping the stock market, not necessarily helping the economy. So 
there's really, you know, there's good reason to expect the economy to continue to grow, but at a slow rate. Oh, okay. Well, let, let me ask you this, because this here's a thought. I mean, I know when we were talking earlier, the whole idea behind, you know, maybe not mentioning any specific stocks that you've noticed that there's the investors seem to become enamored with a small number of really big growth companies. And without saying yeah. their names, is this a good thing or a bad thing? <laughs> uh, that's usually a sign that the market is nearing a top. Um, you know, so that's a, a common occurrence when investors get all excited about just a few things, whether it be internet stocks back in the, the 2000s or uh, you know housing-related stocks before the great crash uh, last time. Uh, you know, it's it's when when the focus gets on one sector or in this case just a few stocks. Uh, that's that's telling you that we're more than more than likely that we're closer to a top than than we're not. Uh, so it's it's disconcerting for an old time uh, you know stock watcher like myself to see all investors kind of like saying let's just sell everything else and put it all in these few stocks. Uh, it's not quite that bad, but that's pretty much what's going on. And uh, and so it, it makes me a little bit alarmed and keeping my eyes wide open about uh, what's going on in the markets. All right, you uh, use the term kind of concentration of risk. <clears throat> you use the term, and I'm not gonna you know old. I think you said old investor. <laughs> So uh, if I applied that to me, here's what I wanted to ask you. Though. Take no offense. <laughs> I know I knew exactly where you were going with that. But uh, let me let me ask you this, because I think it's important for our listeners to understand you have been doing this. And I'm just going to say a long time. Um, right. Give us a little bit of that history. Do you see, is this a repeat? Is this, I mean, you, you do have a ton, an enormous amount of experience, and, and, and I will use the term old stock watcher. You've been around a long time. You know it. You've seen history. Are we repeating anything that's going on now that you would have said this happened back? You mentioned the early 90s with tech, I mean, the late 90s and, or, you know, beginning mm -hmm. of 2000 with the tech stocks. What else have you seeing yeah. that you'd say, hey, this is like this, this is like this? What do you see? Well, I mean, you can look at a number of things that cause you to be concerned about the current uh, state of where the market is. Uh, you know, just on a valuation basis, valuations are above average. So, all, you know, already we know that stocks are, you know, driving near the edge of the cliff, you know, but they're not necessarily going to drive over it, but they're getting closer to a point where you have to be concerned but just because they're, you're, people are paying too much. Uh, we know just from a time perspective that uh, this is the longest bull market probably ever, depending on how you want to measure that. People dis disagree on uh, on those uh, measurements, but for, most, for the most part, it's the longest ever, and certainly the economic recovery is the longest ever. Um, we know that um, uh, Buffett, Warren Buffett, who is obviously a well-known investor and uh, has had great success over time, he has something that he calls the Buffett indicator, or at least people call it the Buffett indicator, which is just looking at the market cap of the entire market. Uh, the value of the entire market, essentially, versus the GDP. And that has hit an all-time high, even higher than it hit in the uh, 2000 Internet bubble. So there, there are any number, I could go on and on, uh, about things that are telling me uh, just, this is a time to be more on the cautious uh, side of the equation than on the aggressive side. And you'll look around you and you'll find there's a lot of people who are throwing caution to the wind and saying, I'm buying more of these stocks that keep hitting new highs. Uh, and those are the biggest stocks out there. And uh, that's just a, a kind of a sentiment reading that you can look at and say, okay, people are starting to not think logically about things and, and kind of losing their mind and just getting all hyped up 
about uh, certain stocks flying very, very high. Uh, we've seen it with a certain automotive stock recently that makes electric cars. And uh, you can tell that when those types of things happen, we're probably getting closer to the uh, beginning of a, a, a down phase in the market than we are to a renewed up phase. All right. That makes that leads me to this question. Then I, I look at the problem in China, this debt problem in China. The media says it is, and, and sometimes you hear this over and over, that the debt problem in China is a huge issue that when it starts to crumble, it will cause everybody to crumble. Do you see it that way, or what's your thoughts? This, this question's for me, right? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I just wanted to make sure. I thought, yeah. you, I thought you had directed one of the others. No, no, um, I, I won't, I'm sorry. I apologize for that. <laughs> yeah, no, the, the debt problem is something that, you know, you and I have been talking about this for eons, and yep. uh, China has been able to uh, dodge that bullet. Uh, the debt bubble there is, is one of the greatest uh, created in all of history, and uh, we really don't know the full extent of it because of the opaqueness of the Chinese uh, reporting. You know, they don't tell you the truth about everything uh, all the time. So it's probably worse than what we think. And uh, if we really knew all the, the gritty, nitty gritty details on it. And uh, they've been able to keep all the, you know, have enough thumbs to plug the holes in the dike uh, so far. But uh, this coronavirus, maybe that's the thing that finally breaks the back uh, of, the, of the Chinese uh, ability to you know, kind of stem the, the uh, risks of that huge debt buildup. And if that's the case, uh, it'll have a big impact on China. Uh, it'll probably have a big impact elsewhere, at least for a period of time, just because the optics of it will look scary, because it'll be kind of like the great recession we had here in 2008 when the financial system was uh, crumbling. That's what, basically what will be happening in China. And so the optics of that would be very ugly and would affect stock prices everywhere. But in the end, I don't think it would affect things all that much uh, outside China, because they're just a, a big exporter and not so much of an importer. And as a result of that, uh, you know, there would be things would get back to normal pretty quickly elsewhere in the world. But China would have to go through a, a big uh, recovery, and it would take probably years for that to, to fully happen. And will that affect the trade war? I mean, will that create this um, an uneven playing field in the trade war? It would not help that matter because the, the Chinese currency would collapse, making their goods all the more cheaper. And so the inclination uh, would be for companies to say, well, let's source more of our stuff from China because we have a higher profit margin now. So that would probably uh, undermine uh, what President Trump has uh, started to do with the first phase of the trade, uh, trade deal with China. Uh, and um, so something to keep an eye on. Hasn't happened yet. But it's something that uh, we need to keep an eye on. We yeah, pay sure. close attention to it. Well, saying keeping an eye on, what about the global economy? Do you see Brexit creating problems? I mean, reality is we've seen kind of a move upward of foreign stocks where they seem to be gaining some momentum. Is that because the economy is better? What do you see as far as the global economy? The global economy uh, has been worse, particularly Europe uh, and Japan, has been worse than the U.S. U.S. has been the absolute all-star MVP of the global economy, and, that, and that's reflected in the stock market. Even while foreign stocks are up some, they trail that of the U.S., and that's something that's been going on for years. It's a long-term trend. So people have generally been pulling uh, out of the foreign markets and reinvesting back in the U.S. because the U.S. is the one that's working the best. And um, But I do think that uh, 
and the currently, in terms of those foreign economies, they are still dogging it. You know, they're still not doing very well. And obviously, China, uh, with the virus now, is, is uh, it's about a fifth of global growth, and it's you know going to pull that number down. Uh, so, in any event, we've got a, a situation outside the U.S. which is not as good economically as inside the U.S. Europe is, with its socialistic policies, it tends not never to crash, but it also tends never to soar. <laughs> and so it's uh, very flat and uneven. And, and again, they've had a manufacturing recession over there, and it's more manufacturing is more important in Germany than it is in the U.S. So uh, I'm, I'm not... Uh, super excited about the prospects for the for the economies outside the U.S., but I do like the share prices better because those stock price the valuations on shares outside the U.S. are not uh, anywhere near as high as they are in the U.S. And so once the whole thing does turn around, uh, the foreign economies may be a great place to to put your money because you'll get much better value there. All right, with that question, let me ask you, Scott Latrice, because this is we talk about their list people listening about four hundred one k plans, their retirement money. Retirement is one of the things that we know, Latrice, that people worry about. So, with what what Rusty's telling us, what do we know about people and their retirement ideas? Well, what we know is, and, and again, I look at different generations, uh, more of your millennials are not preparing enough to, to save for retirement, uh, whereas you have Generation X. They're doing more with preparing for retirement and uh, because obviously they know that one day they, they want to, to retire, but they're doing a better job. They're doing the best job of any generation with retirement planning. That makes sense. So we got to do that. So we're going to take a break and I have to go to, you know, we're going to do this. But when I come back, Rusty, here's the question. I, this is every on everybody's mind. We have the Iowa caucus uh, debacle or whatever you want to call it. It's a problem. We had the State of the Union speech last night. I want to hear because you've been doing this, as I said, uh, the outlook of the election, and what do you think is going to be the impact to share prices? Stay with us, because when we come back, we're going to get it from an old guy that's been doing this a <laughs> long time. <laughs> I'm Jim Shoemaker, and you're listening to Talk Money. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. Neither Securing Financial Services, Inc. nor Shoemaker Financial are affiliated with Rusty Leonard or Stewardship Partners Investment Council, Inc. The views and opinions expressed are those of Rusty Leonard only and have not been presented on behalf of or endorsed by Securing Financial Services, Inc. or Shoemaker Financial. The S&P is an unmanaged index of 500 large cap stocks. Investors cannot invest in an index. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, when we began the program, I talked about my mom, who was a warrior. And I mean, reality is, I saw that. I noticed that. I caught myself literally beginning to take on that same characteristic, that same trait. And so does, you know, do you worry? Are you a worrier when it comes to China and the coronavirus? Are you worrying about the debt problem? Are you worrying about your money, your 401k, your family, your health, all of those things? Do we get caught up in that? Does the media drive your decisions? And, you know, we watch the Iowa caucus. We watch the State of the Union. Do you worry, worry, worry? Well, we're trying to talk to three people today, and we're doing a great job. They are laying it out clean and clear. We're talking to Rusty Leonard, Scott Jordan, and Latrice McLean. They are helping us know, if you do worry, how to fix it. 
And I uh, I want to ask Rusty, he's still on the program, this old guy, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm enjoying <laughs> saying that, you know. I mean, that is good. I like it. Because yeah, reality is, reality. it yeah, is reality. reality but I think it's better to say instead of old guy, a very experienced guy who's been Sage. around. Sage. Aged. <laughs> That's great. Sage with age. There you go. Age. There you go. But the reality is you have been around a lot of elections, and this election seems seems to be about as, I mean, we're pulled apart as a country. You watched the State of the Union a little bit last night. I did a little bit last night, and we're about as pulled apart. What is your outlook for the election, and what do you see as far as the impact on share prices? Well, you've pointed out it's, it's extre- it seems extremely close. Again, the Electoral College is the key thing. And that uh, manufacturing weakness that we talked about earlier is something that affects those states that helped uh, Trump win the Electoral College last time. So it has me a little concerned. But uh, if you you know if there's any uh, justice uh, based on the actual overall performance of President Trump and what he has, what he promised to do and what he did, you would think that uh, he should win uh, re-election easily. Um, the speech he gave last night was really a tour de force, and uh, you know that should help those prospects. So I'm, I kind of lean towards uh, the fact that he's got a decent chance at re-election, and that is helped by the fact that the Democrats appear, at least at this time, to be in disarray, and you know, in terms of trying to rally behind a single candidate. And the one candidate that seems to be uh, has the momentum at the moment, and that's something that shifts very quickly in politics, is Bernie Sanders, and it's just hard to picture uh, Bernie Sanders being able to win the general election, given the, how extreme his views are. Um, but most of the Democratic candidates have extreme views. They'll come closer to the center once their uh, their election and the primary process is over. But that's not going to be over until the convention, probably. So uh, it'll be a little bit difficult for the Democratic candidate to, to you know, vector back to the center. And the only one who can't do that is Sanders. Uh, he, you know, he just you know, if he tried, he'd be ridiculous. So, um, so anyway, I think Trump's got a good chance of, of winning re-election. But there, you know, there's all kinds of things that can happen. It's too close to call. Uh, we're, we're miles away from the election, so we have to, you know, keep that in mind. If Trump were to lose and one of these candidates were to win, uh, it would. I think a lot would depend on what happened in the Senate. If the Senate it remained in Republican control. The market would probably react negatively to Trump losing the election, but it wouldn't be a colossal negative uh, because the Senate would be able to block any of the more nonsensical things for the business community um, if Republicans retain control of that. So I'm still I'm not uh, I'm, I'm concerned that, you know, there's a possibility that Trump could lose uh, that it's still so close in the polls. But we haven't really seen those state-level polls with any, and we don't know if we can trust the ones we do see when they come out as being how accurate they are. But uh, if he did lose, you know, the market would definitely, you know, take a little bit of. I'm sure it would get kicked in the teeth for a little bit, but it probably wouldn't be too long. And it's, you know, we've been through multiple types of presidencies over the years, and the economy uh, continues to be resilient and, and recover. And I wouldn't worry too much about it in the long run. Well, all right, that leads me to this question. And if you just tuned in, I'm talking with founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners, he, the investment counsel. He is a CFA, Rusty Leonard. He's been managing money a long time, and he knows of what, what you know, how to interpret what's going on. And I guess the question, Rusty, and, and I'm going to ask you guys the same question, too, because I want to hear from you, Latrice, from where you're chair and where you're talking with people, and Scott, you too. But to start with Rusty, 
all that's going on right now, all the, you know, you talk about the manufacturing recession and the states that would be affected. You talk about Brexit. We talk about debt in China. We talk about coronavirus. All It seemed like it's a litany of things that you can just kind of add this huge dump truck to the public and you dump it on them. It, it, it's simple. I mean, it, it's it's easy for us to all of a sudden say, you know, with all of this massive amount of what I call negative, should we be panicking? Is this a time to run to the hills and do whatever we do when we panic? Rusty? Well, you know, as, as a dinosaur, certified dinosaur, I've, I've seen <laughs> lots of reasons to panic over the years, and sometimes the market has panicked. And sometimes it's been it's panicked for good reasons, and sometimes it's panicked for ridiculous reasons, like in late 2018 when the market fell for literally no reason at all. Um, it's just fear of, of a potential recession, which, you know, the data didn't justify. So what you have to do is just focus on that long-term trend. If you take any graph of uh, share prices over long periods of time, uh, you see that it tends to rise. And uh, As I mentioned just a minute ago, this economy is an amazingly resilient economy. Investors have more wisdom than uh, than the uh, network TV anchors and the uh, various uh, prognosticators about stock prices, and they they tend to realize that um, even though things get bad for a period of time, uh, it usually recovers. That this economy is just an amazing beast that just does not uh, get you know shot in the head and killed. It just keeps recovering and it keeps getting better. And there's new innovation and new creativity that uh, generates new growth. And so uh, as an investor, one of the great things we can feel confident in is that even though things may uh, stumble around for a bit and some of you might look to your relatives or neighbors who are panicking at the moment, you don't have to panic. You can just relax and say, well, you know, if we wait long enough, this thing will get itself organized and and get back on track, because that has been what has happened in every single instance. And some of those instances have been really, really, truly negative things. And we're not staring at anything that looks that bad right now. I think that's important for us to say. I want to ask you guys the same question. For, you're talking to younger people. I'm talking to people, Rusty, that are not dinosaurs. <laughs> so I just <laughs> want you to, you know, Latrice, what do you see for the ladies that you talk to, the people? Can, can, is Rusty saying what we all need to hear? I agree with what Rusty says. And then Scott mentioned it earlier, too. You can avoid being a stress case but every time when you realize or you see that the market is volatile. Just remember your long-term approach and and stick with that. Stay focused and and stop listening to the noise. Yeah, I would kind of echo that same thing. You know, our markets, they're they're amazingly resilient. They're cyclical. They're unpredictable. But over the long term, it's been a good way for people to save for long-term goals. And I think, you know, it goes back to that investing from a strategy you know, know what, you know, how we're going to allocate our assets, asset allocation. We're going to diversify because we don't know the future. And then we're going to rebalance on a regular basis to to maintain our risk tolerance. And all that's that's based around, you know, your tolerance for risk, your capacity for risk, what you're trying to accomplish. And if you just look back through history, I think Rusty mentioned a lot of this, but, you know, we had world wars in the 40s, Korean War in the 50s, you know, stock market crashes in the 80s, oil embargoes in the you're 70s. You're sounding like a I'm sounding old, right? <laughs> yeah. I, I, weren't, I wasn't alive for some of this. I can read about it. But, uh, you know, and, you, and you, look, you look back over that and just and get some perspective and go, we can get through these things. Yeah. We, you know, we invest in the great companies of the world, and they We'll get back to doing business. And, and that's what Rusty's saying. You, you two yep. guys agree. It's just what our listeners need to talk about. Well, i got some other questions for you guys. Rusty, I have one more question. I know you've got to go, but I want to ask you this question. Negative 
rates. If we have this recession that we kind of talk about, seems like it's everybody almost says we got to have one, then we can move on. But the reality is the Fed does not have the toolkits it had in 2007. What about negative rates in the U.S.? Thoughts? Uh, well, the Fed has uh, kind of ruled that out so far, at least from a, you know, what they've said. I don't believe that. I think we could actually end up getting there just like other countries have as well, if need be. Uh, I suspect we won't, but, uh, you know, I think it's, I think it's in their toolkit and they'll use it if they have to, but it would have to be pretty, a pretty severe situation for that to happen uh, in the U.S. Well, that's, that's great. You've been listening to Rusty Leonard, founder and CEO of Stewardship Partners. Uh, Dinosaur, he says. I like it. (laughs) Thank you, Rusty. Have a wonderful day, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Always enjoyed being with you. Yes, sir. Well, guys, I mean, we've gotten a big 30,000-foot view. He brought us down to the weeds. He always does a great job for us. But we're talking about things that we worry about. I mean, things, whether it be, as we've talked about, the market, the coronavirus, you know, the global economy, all of that. But literally, I want to talk about a couple of things that are really close to home. And let me lead with this one, because this is one I think is so important. Rising health care costs. I mean, it is constantly you hear people, we do shows about it. We talk about it all the time. You get into a conversation with somebody that's in their 50s to 60s and 70s. And I promise you, Latrice, they're going to get into this question. What are your thoughts? Well, it's funny that rising health care costs is a worry. And it's also a worry with another worry, which is, you know, this is a reason why people will put off retirement because they need the health care and then they can't afford it. They have to find a way to make sure they can pay for this. So. Um, it's the same thing with, you know, different generations have different views of this. Uh, Generation X, they're more concerned about the health care cost uh, for them. And women, um, oh, not yeah. surprisingly, are more concerned about health care costs because obviously uh, they probably go and see their physician more than men do. Well, you know, that's a, that's an issue. But when you think about that, they do go see their physician. Men have a tendency to think, well, I'm okay. You know, I'm all right, yeah. Scott. I mean, you know, I'm okay. I well, can't relate, Jim. Can't relate. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're not a dinosaur, but, uh, you know, uh, but let me ask you this, Scott. I mean, with that in mind, when you think about that, how do you avoid? I mean, what's, how do you fix this? Well, I mean, I think, I think number one, you fix it by preparing for it and knowing that it's a reality that healthcare costs, you know, F- Fidelity recently did a study that, you know, if you just look at healthcare costs in retirement, um, you know, a couple retiring in 2020 is going to spend on average about $285,000 on healthcare during their remaining life years. And that's, that's something that you just have to be prepared for. Um, and now say um, that number again, $285,000. Now that's over a long period of time. It's not, you know, usually a lump sum of money. It could be, but that's over a long period of time. Not to, not to scare with that figure, but that is a, that's a significant amount of money, you know, with out of pocket costs and, and, and Medicare premiums and all that sort of thing that goes into your healthcare and retirement. So let me, so. Let me ask you this. If it's 285000 it's something you got to plan for. Got to plan for. It's it. not something you, it's, most people are not thinking through that. So, so when you say how to fix it, plan for it. Plan for it. I mean, you can take advantage of tools like uh, health savings accounts that are out there. Uh, I think those are, are underutilized. Those are tax advantage savings accounts that you can use. A couple can put up to $7,100 a year into a health savings account in 2020. And if you're over 55, you can add an additional 1000 
Now, you do get a tax benefit for putting that in there on the short term, but you can also allow that money to grow tax-deferred and then pull it out tax-free if you're using it for health care costs. So when you look at that retirement p- figure, that's a good way to start putting money back that can go towards those expenses you later know, and I, get a tax advantage today. So That's important to know. I talked about this mortality rate where a female today, 81.2 years and 82, 83, we see that. I can remember we didn't plan that away. So when you say a long time, what you're saying from, from 65, let's say a person retires, they're going out to probably 85, which is then that's yeah. that 20-year period. 85, 90, 95. I mean, we're, we're having to plan longer and longer these days, uh, you know, with life expectancies continuing to uh, increase. I mean, we've seen some things that have caused that to kind of stagger lately, but we've seen over the last few decades, life expectancy has increased significantly. So you have to plan for a longer time in retirement than past retirees would have had to. And that's something that I think so many people, they 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 have it on their mind, but that word that we all kind of talk about and we don't talk about it out loud, it, it, you know, it's called procrastination. We don't see it's, it. But we time is your friend in, in yeah, preparing yeah. for these things. So, you know, the earlier you can get started, the better. Well, I, I think that's important for us to know. So we're talking about, if you just tuned in, my guest is Rusty, Rusty Leonard. We've just Rusty, Rusty was great. Rusty, <laughs> the dinosaur. But Latrice McClan and Scott Jordan from Shoemaker Financial, we're talking about top financial worries of Americans. And we're trying to walk through this process of how to help you, because we worry about it. I said it in the monologue that we worry about all these issues, and it's, whether it's you know the family, your health, your job, the government— all of that's part of it, and we see that. We understand that. But how do you deal with it? Well, these guys are going through it step by step, and how do we fix it? We've talked about volatility in the market. Rusty helped us with that. We said look at things from a long-term perspective. Guys, you were real clear about that. Now, i got to ask you, though, before we take this break, when I say long-term, is that back to that 30-year period, Scott, you just talked about? Well, I guess that depends on how old you are, Jim. <laughs> oh, <laughs> did you hear that, Greg? For I mean, certain people, I mean, we may be looking at thirty that? years. Was that a dinosaur comment? <laughs> he said it and looked at you. Man. I, I did not. I did not. Uh, you know, okay, okay, that's the last question. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, I think you know, for you know, for the average retiree, I think you really have to start looking, especially for a couple at a thirty-year period or so. Okay, yeah. so when when Latrice, you mentioned that that Gen X, you know, and has to start thinking about it earlier. Because it is something that they can't catch up sometimes if they wait too long. Yeah, because that generation is more so in the middle. So they're they're between the millennials and the baby boomers. So, of course, they're thinking about retirement more. And, and, and they have more time, obviously, than baby boomers. But, yeah, they're in the middle of those two generations and need to prepare for it. When we come back in a few minutes, I want to I dive into a question that I think, and maybe, maybe I ought to ask it now, just the thought of the fear of losing their job. Now, we're at a very low unemployment rate, and that fear of losing their job is reality. People, I mean, the statistics tell us, I mean, that there are people that literally 25% of Americans are worried about their finances, and one of them, that reality is they worry about losing their job. So I want to come back, and I want to dive into that. You know, how do we work around that? What is the fix-it for that? You know, you say, well, don't worry about it. That's not a fix-it. That's just pushing it away. There are some answers to that question of why, if I'm worrying, what do I do? So I, I want to kind of push that out there and let people listen to that. How do you stop worrying, or what do you do when if you do worry about you know, losing your job? 
So we'll talk about that when we come back. If you just tuned in again, I'm talking about things that we worry about, whether it's health, losing your job, whether it's retirement, whether it's, you know, health insurance. The reality is you worry about it. We all worry about it. How do you fix it? That's my guest today, Latrice McLean, Scott Jordan. We're diving into some of these things and giving you some specifics about how to fix the issue of worry. Now, we're not trying to be psychologists. We're just talking about dealing with money. And we're going to give you some additional answers to your questions about how do you worry, how do you stop worrying. Stay with us. I'm Jim Shoemaker. This is Talk Money. Podcasts for Talk Money are available for iOS mobile devices in the iTunes store. Just search Shoemaker Financial. We'll be right back with Talk Money after this. This material represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time and is not intended to be a forecast of future events or a guarantee of future results. This information is not investment advice or a recommendation. Financial advisors do not provide specific tax or legal advice, and this information should not be considered as such. You should always consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your own specific tax or legal situation. And now back to Talk Money with your host, Jim Shoemaker. Well, I am the dinosaur in the studio. I have now figured that out. There's, um, uh, you know, I don't know how you guys are going to get back to the office, bottom line. I mean, you know, I mean, I'll take the old dinosaur truck and go to the office and good luck. Call a cab, you know. I can't believe it, Greg. I mean, what do you think, man? This is not a good deal. I, you know, I mean, man, I, you know, I'm going to call my wife and tell her that she said this, you know. But we've been talking about those things that we worry about, and, it, and it's all kind of things. We've talked about the coronavirus. We've talked about the debt problem, things that you hear on the media, the political turmoil in our own country of the Democrats and the Republicans, the president and, and, and whatever. So bottom line is it's constant, and we worry about it. And why do we worry about it? It's because the media wants you to worry about it. The media throws it at us so hard, so fast— and the reality is, if you're coming back, it's, you're almost addicted to it because it creates in you some kind of a stress. And so guess what? We jump back in. Well, we're not here to try to fix it, but we're giving you some ideas on how to fix this worry problem and how you move on to something else. Now, this is all through a study that was done, you know, earlier on by Go Banking and Fidelity. We pulled a lot of data together just to kind of help give you some insight on how to stop worrying. Well, my guests, Latrice McLean and Scott Jordan, and earlier in the program, Rusty Leonard, we've gone through the whole litany of things. But I guess, guys, one of the things that this survey was talking about is the fear of losing your job. Now, Latrice, I know that's reality. I know there's a certain, just a mindset that just permeates itself. Help me with that. What do you tell people? Well, think about this. Someone's job is their main source of income. So we're talking about this fear, and this leads to other fears. So if you lose your job, you lose your health care, you lose contributions to your retirement, and then you can't save money. So that, that's just your main source of income, and, and you're not able to plan and prepare for just other things that you, you, you're preparing for in life. So it's like a snowball. Once it starts yes. down, this thing, it just gets bigger and bigger, and it just creates more stress and more anxiety. Mm-hmm. All that. So real and so important. So, Scott, give us that fix. 
Well, I think the fix, Jim, I mean, there's no there's no surefire fix, but one, you know, some jobs are more secure than others. It's paying attention to what's going on in the job market and making sure you're keeping your skills set up. But on a more practical note, it's it's building that liquidity or building that emergency reserve so you can weather, you know, a, a financial setback from losing a job. You know, most financial planners, including myself, we'd recommend having at least three to six months in expenses set aside in a liquid emergency savings account so you can weather that storm. So now you're saying if Latrice is right, if we go through this process, we've lost our job. She says it creates health care problems. It, you know, you don't have the health care, you, your retirement, all these things. So now you said have a three to six month. Is that your 401k that you're pulling from or is that an additional money? No, I, w- I would, um, of course, in a as a last ditch emergency reserve, that would be the case. But I would we usually recommend that somebody build a liquid savings account so that they can tap into because you're still going to have those long term needs. You don't want to have to tap into your retirement account to handle emergencies. So uh, building that liquid savings account of at least three to six months expenses is very wise. Guys, that is so critical. And I appreciate you saying that for just simply setting aside the dollars while you're working, you know, look for do some studies, upgrade your skill set, know what you're doing. But if that inevitable thing happens, have some money set aside to save some money to, to, to be able to work your way through an unemployment unemployed period. Guys, we have talked a lot about retirement, your, your retirement plan, your 401k. Anything you want to add to that, Latrice? Um, this is what I, I think is really important, important, is the word preparation. We just have to prepare. We know that we want to, we know that we can become sick one day. Okay, let's prepare uh, with our uh, health care. Uh, we know that we want to retire someday. Let's Let's prepare for retirement. I just think that's all very important, even if you have to go and sit with a financial professional and they can help you and walk you through that, that's what you would need to do. Mm, that's a great point. Volatility stock market, Scott, what do we do? What's the fix? Invest from a strategy, keep a long-term perspective, and turn off the TV. Turn off the TV. Boy, that's critical. I get that. And then when you think about rising health care costs, you've got to plan, you've got to think about it. And as you said, you're going to live a long time when you retire, so you got to plan for it. Two hundred and some thousand dollars, you got to plan for that. I like what you guys have been saying. I, I so much appreciate. We've talked about retirement. We've talked about how to fix that, and I appreciate that. We talked about volatility of the stock market, rising health care costs, and the loss of the job. Well, you guys have done an excellent job. I so much appreciate what you've done. Thank you, Latrice. Thank you, Jim. And Thanks, thank you, Jim. Scott. Well, you know, you just tuned in. We have been going over some very important, as I said to you earlier, the whole idea is we worry about a lot of stuff. It's it's nature. It's just what happens. The media throws it at us and we worry about it. So I want to make sure that you don't worry too much. If you want to talk to these guys, you can just give them a call. You've been listening, of course, to The Voice, KWAM 990 FM 107.9. My guest, Rusty Leonard, Latrice McLean, and Scott Jordan. And if you have additional questions for Latrice or Scott and would like to talk with them personally, give them a call at 757-5757. We hope that you've enjoyed today's program. And as always, we thank you so much for listening and participating with us. If you have questions for Talk Money, send them to talkmoney at shoemakerfinancial.com. And to find today's program on podcast or past programs, go to iTunes and search for Shoemaker Financial. Be sure to like us on Facebook. We're here every week helping you make the most of your money. And I'm Jim Shoemaker. Thanks so much for listening. This is Talk Money. Talk Money is produced by Greg Ratliff. 
Guest and Content Coordination, Francis Fortner. Production Assistant, Eleanor Moskovitz. Compliance Officer, Tommy Armstrong. Mid-South History Moment, Rebecca Brazier and Drew Johnson. We'll see you next week on Talk Money. Jim Shoemaker and Scott Jordan are registered representatives and investment advisor representatives of Security and Financial Services, Inc. Securities dealer, member FNIRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Latrice McLean is a registered representative. Shoemaker Financial is independently owned and operated. Talk about-